we have to come up with different tools to navigate the ADHD, making sure that everything is visible all the time. It's just very helpful for me. But that's just my journey. And I am just here to support others in, in how to not only navigate if they do want to do life without stimulants, that's great. If not, navigating ADHD with stimulants too, because there are dietary changes that you can make to heal your gut, to heal your brain, as well as emotional regulation, stress, dealing with cortisol, um, circadian rhythms, you know, like getting outside in the morning instead of looking at our phone all day long so that we can sleep better. Sleep is huge for ADHD. If you're not sleeping, as you know, postpartum, I've never had such bad ADHD as when I didn't have any sleep. Welcome to Successful with ADHD. I'm Brooke Schnittman. Let's get started. Welcome to Successful with ADHD. Today, I have Audrey Stimson. She's a certified functional nutrition counselor, and she specializes in ADHD, autism, autoimmune disorders, gut-brain health. She's also a wife and mom of a beautiful two-year-old with cystic fibrosis. Uh, originally an internationally published master photographer in New York City by trade. And before I go on about Audrey, uh, we're Audrey and I have similar but different journeys. We both have ADHD. She does not take Adderall. I do. So we're going to be talking a lot about an Adderall-free life today. So it may trigger some people, but we're not promoting one or the other. We're just giving you all the information so you can make your own decision, of course, with your doctor. So continued on about Audrey, she's now made it her sole mission after being a published master photographer in New York City to help others heal after learning how to navigate her own health issues, including ADHD, hypothyroid, anxiety, depression. And it's truly her journey that makes her the best person to help others. So she uses a functional nutrition root cause approach with a focus on gut healing. And I'm sure she'll tell us more about that. Audrey actually grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, home of the blues, and she is there still, right? You're in like by Tennessee. Yeah. Okay. So Audrey, welcome to Successful with ADHD. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So when did you discover that you had ADHD? So I was diagnosed at age seven by three different practitioners. Um, I had a lot of mood instability issues, a lot of, you know, my mom would put me in timeout and I'd bang my head for like, you know, I, I, so much so that she, I was just not controllable. I couldn't sit still. I was fidgeting all the time. I couldn't focus in classrooms. Everything around me just seemed very intense. Mm-hmm. And, and it always, it's still intense, you know, but learning how to manage that as an adult, I felt, felt everything so deeply. And I now know a lot of that has to do with, you know, trauma and ADHD connection, as well as like, you know, what we're eating and all of those things daily, but they took me to three different practitioners and they all diagnosed me. They, after, you know, talking to everyone at all, had just come on the market. Um, I think they started me on Ritalin mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. and then Adderall maybe like a little bit later, just because I couldn't eat at all on Ritalin. Mm. Okay. That's when I was put on Adderall at seven. At seven. Okay. Gotcha. And you said before that you were banging your head up against the wall. Were you having a difficult time expressing your emotions? I think, yes. I mean, I grew up in a home of divorce early on. First, you know, from one year old on, I was going back and forth from home to home. Um, And I think that I just never felt really safe. I never felt, and that's, I mean, my parents are amazing people, but it, 
as a child, you don't really differentiate what is trauma. You just don't know how to deal with it and you don't feel safe because you don't ever have a specific place that is a safety. And so I was having a lot of time, a lot of trouble regulating my emotions. Just in general, I was very depressed and anxious as a child. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've struggled with that my whole life. So, um, and the, the focus was just always, you know, always fidgeting. I now know that I have more of like a, on the spectrum as well, mm -hmm. in addition to ADHD. Mm -hmm. And when you say on the spectrum, autism? Yes, on the autism spectrum, you know, because I'm very like rigid about certain things. And But there is a spectrum. That's an, another thing that there's just so much that they didn't know back then mm -hmm. um, that they do know now when they're doing diagnosis. Sometimes people are diagnosed with ODD, OCD, ADHD, you know as well as autism spectrum. So it can get very complex, but yes, that's in a nutshell <laughs> why um, they decided to put me on the medication at first. Yeah. Okay. So what was your journey with Adderall? Because you said that Ritalin, you weren't able to really eat, you weren't hungry. So you started your journey with Adderall and mm -hmm. what was life like at seven being on Adderall? I was able to focus but I went from being um, the friendliest, like I got, you know, friendliest nomination when I was in like first grade and all of these things to like not really having that friendly, like very like kind of isolating myself more alone. But I was able to focus. I was able to make good grades. Um, but I felt very different and um, uncomfortable on my own skin, more, more anxious even. Mm -hmm. And I did begin to use it later to um, suppress my appetite. But I mean, for years, I just never thought I could live without it. And it really did help until later when I realized that it was starting to exacerbate some gut issues and that I needed more mag medications because I needed to come down in the evenings. I was like super, you know, I couldn't sleep. So I would be drinking more and then I would need an anti-anxiety pill and an antidepressant for like the, the highs that I was getting from the Adderall. And so I think that that over time, I just became on a, a lot of different meds at the same time, just to navigate side effects of another. And I'm not, you know, saying not to take these meds. I'm just saying this is my experience mm -hmm. and what happened to me over time. So you were struggling with a lot of different medications and managing those. So you, you jumped from seven to adulthood. So you had mentioned before you got on Adderall, you had a lot of like emotional outbursts. You weren't really able to communicate in a way that was effective because you were dealing with the trauma of the divorce. And then you got on the medication and your grades got better. Your focus was better. What was the emotional piece like for you? I know the social piece was not the same for you. My anxiety was worse okay. and my depression was worse, but okay. I was able to focus. I felt very isolated. And I also focused on things that I didn't love because mm. it made me feel like I could do a lot of things instead of focusing on what I loved. Mm -hmm. And I began to say yes to too many things mm. and things that I didn't really enjoy. And that's another thing is like I went into a whole career as a photographer and this ego-based driven mm -hmm. career. In and New I was hustle, City. hustle. I needed, and yeah, and I needed the stimulants like to be able to function in the city. I couldn't do it without that. And so it became kind of an addiction as well. Like I started, you know, abusing it because I needed more and more to be able to accomplish that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I feel like for me, it exacerbated a lot of underlying issues and made me feel like 
it, it made me think that I love things that I didn't love. And mm. now I realize that that was ego driven and not really who I was. So I've had to learn who I am for the first time after being on it for 23 years without it. I do think that there, it does in certain situations, it can be the only option for low income areas um, when there's no choices for EMDR therapy or dietary changes and gut healing or, or emotional regulation techniques, just trying those things first, I think can be Mm -hmm. very, very helpful for me. It just may. And I do also uh, think that there are other medications for ADHD that can be very helpful for me. The Adderall um, just wasn't something that was good long-term because it also started to, you're always in a constant fight or flight. So your body is never in a parasympathetic rest and digest state. And Dr. Ellen Bora actually talked about this recently. She's a holistic psychiatrist in New York City, and she had so many patients that were struggling with their gut health. And they were doing all the right things, all the emotional regulation things, all the food, and then they weren't healing. And in order to heal, you have to be able to be in a rest and digest state. And she started to realize over time that it was the stimulant Mm -hmm. that was not enabling their body to rest and digest. So there is this inability to get into that calm state mm-hmm. um, because we're always like, go, go, go. So that I think is something that I recognized for myself. And also just, I felt very isolated from my peers and from friends and I felt very um, dependent on it. And how do you feel now off of it? I feel so much better off of it. I'm not going to say I never want it. <laughs> only time that I've really struggled with being like, I would really like an Adderall right now was probably postpartum when I was having no sleep at all. <laughs> and I was like, I can't do this. But now, I mean, I'm able to see what it is that I love. And I think that's a big thing with ADHD is that we need to focus on something that we love. And that is a purpose-driven career, purpose-driven mm-hmm. path. And that's just so important. And And now I know that if I love it, it doesn't feel like work. If it's authentic, if it's true, it's just going to go easily. And also just knowing that how I work, I don't work well, like in a nine to five, I work well building my own schedule. Like I can get a lot done really quickly. Like I can build a whole website in a day or, and I need a week to like rest. Like, I mean, I'm just differently made and like learning, like also not to overcommit, you know, at the beginning of your cycle when you're really excited, you know, how periods and hormones. Oh yeah. And then when we get into our luteal phase and we're like, what did I do? <laughs> like, I can't like uh, manage all the things. So it's just learning to set those boundaries, these different tools that I've come up with. And, you know, we, we have to come up with different tools to navigate the ADHD, making sure that everything is visible all the time. It's just very helpful for me, but that's just my journey. And I am just here to support others and in, in how to not only navigate if they do want to do life without stimulants, that's great. If not navigating ADHD with stimulants too, because there are dietary changes that you can make to heal your gut, to heal your brain, as well as emotional regulation, stress, dealing with cortisol, um, circadian rhythms, you know, like getting outside in the morning instead of looking at our phone all day long so that we can sleep better. Sleep is huge for ADHD. If we're not sleeping, as you know, postpartum, I've never had such bad ADHD when I didn't have it. 
sleep. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sleep affects everything. I just had an interview with a sleep doctor and we all have different chronotypes, right? I'm a dolphin. So that means that, you know, my anxiety impacts my sleep. So I could have the best laid plans to have this reliable sleep cycle go to bed at the same time, wake up at the same time, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to actually have reliable sleep during those hours. So it's fascinating how much that really does impact everything, including, like you said, the ADHD symptoms, they exacerbate. And some people actually think they have ADHD because they have insomnia because it can, it can come out like ADHD symptoms. But I wonder if it's okay with you, I want to go back to the tools and A lot of people will come to coaching and they'll say, hey, what do you recommend? Should I start medication right now or, you know, work on behavioral stuff? And obviously it's personal for them, right? But like you said, skills aren't coming from pills and it could help you focus, but it's not going to tell you what to focus on. So you have to understand what (laughs) is a priority of yours to focus on, how you're going to focus on it. Like you said, there's lots of tools out there. And then if all that works for you, great. If still you need some more support, then fine. My whole family's on medication. It works for us, but we also have the tools. So because I received coaching for a year before I started ADHD coaching, I received all the tools before I even knew I had ADHD. So that was super helpful for me in understanding how to cope with ADHD. But everyone's journey is different. and as you mentioned, there's many different types of medications out there. It's not just stimulants. There's other medications. So anyway, you had said that when you were on Adderall, you were socially isolated. How do you feel now as far as the social piece? I feel much more friendly, much okay. more outgoing, much more able to, to really connect and have uh, meaningful relationships. It's harder. There's more emotion there. And sometimes that can be hard to regulate, but I feel more. You feel. And for me, I can feel. And I feel like when I was on Adderall, I didn't feel. Hmm. It helped numb a lot of things that I didn't want to deal with. And that's what I've, you know, discussed with others too that did have issues with it. And because, you know, ADHD and addiction can also kind of, so like if you don't have problems with that, then that's great. But it can be something that helps numb those feelings. You were telling us that you came off Adderall as a young adult, uh, because for you, it made you feel ways that were disingenuous. Tell me, are you off of all of your medication right now? Because very often ADHD is complex and we don't just put a microscope on the ADHD. It's everything that we need to look at. So I did come off everything all at once. I did it for about a year. It was, it was very hard. But I did feel better off of the Adderall. I needed something for the depression um, at that time, especially postpartum. And I did go back on something that was a non-stimulant depression medication, Wellbutrin. But that also has a lot of side effects. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work for everyone. Mm-hmm. So it's very complex. And I would always like consult with your doctor before starting any trying to start of course. those medications. But for me, it's been helpful with the depression and the anxiety, especially postpartum, the hormonal issues that I had postpartum, lack of progesterone postpartum, and the imbalances 
I am in the process of trying to come off of that. Um, I don't know that I will be completely successful, but I am doing some um, deeper work on metal toxicity, some deeper gut healing right now, as well as neurofeedback. I am planning to do the brain-based wellness emotional regulation uh, program. So that's my goal. I Do I know that that's fully possible for me? I don't know, but I do know that it's been helpful in this time of transition for me from coming off of a lot of meds to just being on one has, has helped me. Yeah. And I thank you for being vulnerable about that because it's not a one size fits all approach. And very often we can't figure out the right medication for us if we're going to stay on medication for like two years. So for people listening, if you are trying and you're ready to give up, don't speak to your doctor and really just make sure that, you know, you're looking at all the risk rewards, you're being patient in the journey. I know it's hard, but I've worked with many clients, some of them that you know, Audrey, and they had a similar situation as you. They came off Adderall, they came off their antidepressants, and then they said, oof, wait, I need something right? Because it's a different phase of life for whatever reason. It could be postpartum. It could be, you know, a transition that's really difficult to deal with, right? So there's no shame in needing something, at least temporarily, to help you regulate, right? You're trying all of these things. You're doing EMDR. You're doing this brain-based emotional regulation program. You know, you are doing the red light therapy, you're doing, you're doing everything right holistically that you can do. And sometimes we need more and that's okay. Again, you have to consult with your doctor about it, but Wellbutrin has helped some of my clients as well, because it does help the ADHD as well as the depression anxiety. It helps with the dopamine and the reward system um, specifically. Yeah. 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 The depression. There's a risk reward in everything that we do. And really it comes down, I think, to evaluating what would life be like for you without it? Like, can you try that? Does it feel good? Like, do you feel that you're living a fulfilled life after quite some time? Or do I need to go back on it and risk the side effects? And, you know, so again, it's really personal and professional decision that needs to be made, but I appreciate you sharing that. ADHD is hard. I mean, it's not, it's not easy. easy being ADHD. You know, you, we have to learn to not overbook ourselves, to not say yes to things that we don't love, to learn our trauma. I mean, trauma and ADHD are connected so heavily. I mean, you had that whole cop, you had that whole conversation with Dr. Gabar. Um, and like he, he taught me so much about my trauma and how it was related, you know, through the still face and all of that. And also dietary, a lot of times, you know, 70% of those with ADHD struggle with gluten sensitivity. There's a lot of dairy sensitivities out there, but also that's usually due to gut imbalances that if we fix that, we can kind of maybe tolerate that later and bring back in foods. Uh, no restriction diets for long-term are good but it can be helpful in the beginning for an elimination period to see what it is that's causing certain 
issues or brain fog, or we do a lot of gut testing, GI map stool testing now. Um, it's been really helpful for me and actually determining more about what was going on with me. There's been a lot of studies about the gut microbiome and ADHD and how we don't have certain good bacteria. And so I learned about like having uh, H. pylori and I've been treating that. I've been able to add back, back in foods that were, I wasn't able to eat. Mm-hmm. And so learning about that has also been helpful. I'm always on a journey as a functional nutrition counselor to, to help others heal bio-individually. We are all different. Every single person's you know, genetic makeup is different. Some might be predisposed to psychosis, and maybe that's why they can't t- take certain medications. Some people might be fine with that. And, and also just looking at the underlying root cause, too. Is it trauma? Is it mold in our home? Is it um, underlying copper toxicity? Uh, Do we have H. pylori or candida overgrowth? There's just so much to look at, but starting small too, like blood sugar balance, just eating fat, fiber, and protein at every meal. Blood sugar for ADHD, like we just go up and down. Mm -hmm. We don't eat enough and then we binge. And a lot of it also is like waking up in the morning and the first thing some, a lot of us do is just grab our coffee before the protein and fat or the water. We're breaking fast with caffeine. Exactly. And that stimulates cortisol, which decreases neurotransmitters, which decreases our hormones. So if we can regulate our blood sugar, we can regulate our hormones and create more dopamine, but also eating animal protein, eating protein is going to help us create those neurotransmitters, complex carbs so that it can pass the blood brain barrier so that we can actually use the tryptophan and the tyrosine and things to make dopamine, to make uh, norepinephrine, to make um, serotonin. So yeah. and getting outside for morning too, like that'll increase your serotonin. And so like, we used to be outside more and now we're inside and we're looking at our phones and we, our cells need light. Yeah. I mean, it's literally, I learned recently that walking outside besides all the things that a lot of us know with the dopamine and vitamin D and the serotonin, it's EMDR. Walking outside and looking at trees is EMDR. That's where it came from. It is literally gold to just go, but we don't all have that luxury to be able to do right. that every day. Yeah. And that's why I know that you have so the lamp you too. You know, you can add in some red light. You can add in some red light therapy, like you know, that'll help with some of that stress relief. Oh hey, <laughs> <laughs> do you feel less stressed now? I do. I actually do. When I did, I did fifteen minutes before we got on the call. Um, but when I don't get outside enough, I use that. It's very helpful yeah. for seasonal depression. Yeah. So what I love about what you're saying is it's complex. There's lots of different tools and tips out there. You're always under a microscope of some sort to try to figure out what your best route is, what your best health is, and your understanding because you know hormones can change your pretty much everything. But, you know, every day things can be different in your body. So you are being your own best practitioner to put your best foot forward and inhale like the best things for you. Now, with ADHD, though, as you know, a lot of us can't make a decision because there's so much overload. So you just gave us a wealth of tools and information, but Where does someone start when they're trying to heal their gut health? So the number one thing I would say is eat breakfast before you drink your coffee. 
get outside in the morning, move your body, and eat fat, fiber, and protein every meal, every, eating every three to four hours, um, and sleep, consistent sleep, like getting to bed before 10 o'clock because after 10 o'clock, our cortisol spikes and we can't go to sleep. And, you know, just kind of no naked carbs, like doing the veggie, then the protein, fat, then the carb or the sugar or the fruit. It's not, it's not saying don't eat the carbs, don't eat the sugar. It's saying eat them in the right order and make sure that we're eating enough. Like we as ADHD will just like not eat breakfast, not eat lunch. And then we just binge. And I think a lot of that is because, well, firstly, like, you know, emotional dysregulation, but really it's our blood sugar. It's tanking because we're just not eating all day. Like we're like, I'm not interested. And then all of a sudden it drops and we're just like, we got to eat and they can't control it. So I think like learning to manage our blood sugar with ADHD is huge. Wearing a, you know, glucose monitor can be helpful, but the blood sugar thing, the eating fat fiber protein, getting outside, moving your body and sleep. Those are my key things. Um, because if you're not doing the basics, then it doesn't really matter about the other stuff. hundred percent. Yeah. I don't know if that's, if that's no, helpful. That's, that's huge because my book, Activate Your ADHD Potential. And as ADHDers, we're overachievers. We are. We want to conquer the world and do everything all yesterday. And if we don't conquer our hierarchy of needs and we don't get that sleep. We don't eat well. We don't, um, and when I say well, eat for our bodies. We don't go outside. We don't drink enough water. All of those things, there's, you're not going to be productive and then you're going to be shaming yourself and overwhelmed. So I love that you said start there when it comes to your gut health, because I would say that's the gut brain connection and that's everything, right? Everything starts with the physiological needs that we need as humans before we can do anything else. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. And the, the rejection sensitivity is a big one too with ADHD. And for that kind of thing, I think it's great to do coaching with someone like you to do accountability sessions. I do totally. a lot of like things, but I don't like to do like I'll set up a zoom with someone else. Yeah. Body doubling is key. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the rejection sensitivity is one of the things I think that does it really go away? Uh, I feel like you can mask a lot of the other stuff with, that's the one I feel like it's the, the hardest to, 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 it's not that it doesn't go away. It's just that you learn to recognize it and feel it and be like, why am I feeling this way? Mm -hmm. What is like, what is this trigger telling me? Mm -hmm. Oh, I need to work more on that. Like, exactly. But it's, 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 it's not that it goes away. It's that we learn to recognize it and honor it. Well, it's like ADHD. ADHD, in my opinion, does not go away. It is a lifelong condition. So we have to honor how our brain works. The symptoms might change over time. And it's the same thing with RSD. With RSD, though, Dr. Dodson does talk about some medications like guanfazine that can help treat RSD. Wow. Yeah. So that's some new research out there that anyone dealing with RSD who has tried all the behavioral approaches might want to ask their doctor about. But I agree with you. With RSD, a lot of it comes from the comparing and the negative emotions that we've had to deal with in not being able to manage our ADHD throughout our childhood. 
once we realize that, we can notice things and respond differently. And also the EMDR, I'm going through it as well. It is helping me, oh my God, you know, it's helping me understand my triggers, where they came from, and not having that physiological response. So is RSD still there? Yeah, but I'm not responding the same way. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, it can be, you know, I was bullied as a young girl, um, targeting that now when I, you know, am triggered, I'm like, oh, I see that from afar. I see that where that came from, but I'm not going to like react hard, like very, um, reactive, you know, like with ADHD, we're very reactive to, you know, to do something quickly and like rash and we don't think about it. (laughs) Now it's like, okay, wait, uh, that's not, that's, that's not real. That's due to trauma. And I think it's, it's more about being able to recognize that it's the trauma and it's not a real thing that's going on. So EMDR has been very powerful for me as well. Yeah. So, yeah. And just like RSD is something that can really inhibit us, RSE, which Dr. Hallowell talks about, which is basically getting positive feedback. You know, we do need that positive feedback as ADHDs because we're not used to it. It can give us a euphoria that can make us work so much more and do so much more and be on this natural high just by getting positive reinforcement. So Audrey... Thank you for coming on to Successful with ADHD and sharing your story. It's stories like yours that our listeners can resonate with and feel less alone and pick out things in these talks that perhaps they might want to pursue. So if someone is looking to heal their gut health or just wants to talk to you, where can they find you? So you can find me at Audrey Stimson on Instagram, AudreyStimson.com, and then obviously Audrey at AudreyStimson.com. You can email me um, with any questions or anything. I'm here to support you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Successful with ADHD. I hope it helps you on your journey. And if you need any additional support for you or a loved one with ADHD, feel free to reach out to us at coachingwithbrook.com and all social media platforms at Coaching with Brooke. And remember, it's Brooke with an E. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.